Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat, and holy shit, what a guest we have today. I can't contain my excitement. Uh, this is Matt Pryor, lead singer of the Get Up Kids, the New Amsterdams, and his solo artist. Huge Get Up Kids fan. I'm not sure if you had noticed uh, that thing on Facebook recently, where everyone's making a list of the 10 records that had inspired them in their teenage years. Four Minute Mile was that rec- one of those records I had put on there. And then I was thinking, man... I would love to try to get some of the members of all these bands of albums I've had on. I've gotten to have Nathan from Boyce's Fire on. I've had some of the guys from Folly on. Uh, so my buddy Brian Birdsey, who's also on the Core Ten Parts Network with me, he has a show called Bloods, Guts, and Blu-ray. But he used to have a podcast called Epic Dudes, and he had Matt Pryor on. So I messaged Brian and said, hey, uh, how did you get Matt Pryor on your show? And he's like, hit him up on Facebook. So I went to Matt Pryor Songs, which is facebook.com slash Matt Pryor Songs, sent him a message. He said, sure, man, and then we emailed back and forth within, like, two days, and we recorded it, and I swear to God, it never happens that fast. Uh, Matt is, like, the coolest fucking dude. You probably know who he is. I mean, the Get Up Kids are still around, and they're still active, uh, but his... So I was a huge Get Up Kids fan, and then kind of fell out of music for a minute, and then some years... A couple years ago, I found his podcast, Nothing to Write Home About, and it kind of brought me back, so I, I'm a, become a big fan of the New Amsterdams. I love his solo albums, and it was just so crazy to talk to him. And it was exactly the conversation I wanted. Like, well, we we talk on Skype. We just started talking, and then he had to leave, and it was like a little bit under an hour. And it was just like, oh, I didn't really ask a real question. It just like we just, I feel like we just really connected. Yeah. So this could be a little long intro. I have some special memories that always will tie me to the Get Up Kids. I remember some of my closest friends to this day when I was 20, when the Get Up Kids broke up, we like couldn't handle it. And it was like, we thought like our youth was ending, even though I was 20, whatever. Very involved in like the music scene. And uh, so they were playing in Worcester and in New Jersey and Toronto in the Northeast, I remember. So I think my friend Alicia had the idea that we should all go to Toronto to see the Get Up Kids farewell tour. At this point in my life, I had never actually left the country. Or this would be the second time I ever left the country. So I had once been to Montreal. Uh, so yeah, some of the, my closest friends to this day, Alicia, Crystal, and Ryan, if you hear this, I mean, those are people that I, we just have this connection. Like we drove to Toronto. Of course we went on the Mass Pike and we listened to Mass Pike. It's like the re, I can't go on, uh, the Mass Pike without listening to, to that Get Up Kid song. So it's just so crazy. I, I did a good job not geeking out in the episode, so I hope Matt doesn't hear this intro, because I am geeking the fuck out. And then also, I remember seeing the Get Up Kids again in New York City, and like being an excuse to like go to New York City and hang out with my buddy Bo and uh, Dan, if you guys are listening, shout out. And uh, and like spend the whole day in like New York and Brooklyn and Manhattan, and then going to see the Get Up Kids. Oh, surprise opener, this band called Matzo Balls, which was brand new, which was fucking nuts. Um, yeah, so that's enough about me. Matt Pryor has a new album come out called Memento More. Uh, the reason I'm putting this episode up earlier before the album is out is because you could pre-order it, which is huge, especially for musicians. Like, it, it helps. Uh, and you could buy it on vinyl, you could buy CD, digital, buy a t-shirt. Uh, we'll talk about it in the episode, but Matt is also doing the downright, I guess, February for him. You know, obviously, if you're a Get Up Kids fan, you know he writes great ballads. Is a good time to get a song written for uh, Valentine's Day through the Downright. If you're not familiar with Downright, it's Downright, like W-R-I-T-E, dot com. And you could basically pay an artist to write a song for you. Uh, so in this instance, I think you should pick Matt Pryor and have him write a love song for one of your uh, 
your your partner. It would be great because it's he's great. I think I actually might do it. Uh, I pre-ordered the album. I can't wait. I'm I'm gonna get the vinyl because gotta have it. Oh, I feel like I'm talking fast. Um, just what a this is cool. So anyone out there, uh, if you're new to the show, thank you. Stick poke around some back episodes if you like uh, the Get Up Kids. You'll like some. There's some episodes with members of Boy Sits Fire, Folly, Orchid, uh, Oxford Collapse. You know some. You know same era. Uh, so check it out. Uh, quick plug for me. I was recently a guest on a two-part episode of Everything is Awesome, which is now on the Core Temp Arts Network. Uh, Kevin Gallagher is a recent guest on this show, and now he's on the network. And I talked to him. We did a two-part episode you can check out, and it was really fun. And I also, him and I, are covering The Flash for Core Temp Arts Presents TV at My Brain. Uh, but more importantly, just Google Matt Pryor. His, exa- his exact words, just Google him. It's just matt.pryor.com. Find his Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Go to the downright and... Uh, Matt is going on tour with Dan Andriano from Alkaline Trio. That that tour starts on February 16th in Jacksonville, Florida at 1904 Music Hall. I'm going to try to get to either the April 19th date at Bar in New Haven, Connecticut, and I think that might be a Manic Production show. So if I can't make that one, you should go. Manic Productions is fucking dope. Mark's a good dude. and uh, Or... April 20th at Great Scott in Alston, Mass. If anyone's going to either of those, please let me know. Maybe we can carpool or something. Uh, depends if uh, my baby is coming. Um, depends if my wife has, is giving birth or not. But anyway, buy the album. And Matt was so cool and even said we could play a song of his off the new album at the end. So you will hear his song, I Won't Be Afraid. I was tempted to play like Action in Action or I'll Catch You or a Get Up Kid song or Mass Pike, but I thought, you know, I would imagine you probably know the Get Up Kid songs and go listen to all the Get Up Kid records are great, but if you were like me, like I kind of went back and found a lot of Matt's older work that I didn't know of, like a solo work I hadn't listened to as much. It's really good. He's such a talent. So let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Popped Us Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com. Providence? Hmm. Cool. You guys were just here uh, in Pawtucket recently. Yes, which I thought was part of Providence, but isn't? No, it's like that kind of – it's the sh- – no, I wouldn't say it's Shelbyville. It's the shitty town next to the nicer city. <laughs> okay. Is that what it put? Yeah, it's, it's a so – I grew up in Connecticut, but um, Providence, I guess, used to be just like pretty like – like a Detroit, I guess, and then in the last like decade or so. Oh, I don't, I don't know if it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that bad. I, and that, I actually really never came here. It wasn't very nice, to my understanding. And then it's kind of gotten it's a renaissance. So I'm one of the. Oh yeah, we've in. been. I've, I've been playing in Providence since 1997, and it's definitely on the uptick. That's crazy. Uh, my uh, my cousin Sarah, 
when she came out here from her wedding, she was in this band called Unwound, which is like this weird noise band. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who, who is this person? My cousin Sarah. Is in Unwound? She's the drummer. Holy yeah. fuck. I oh, love yeah. Unwound. <laughs> no one ever knows who they are except like musicians. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, uh, one of the, the bass player of the Get Up Kids, like all time favorite bands. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. She's the one who got me into ska when I was like 12. Oh boy. <laughs> I like, you know, I liked Weird Al. <laughs> well, you can like both. Yeah, yeah. At that age, I was still too young, but I definitely kind of laid the ground roots of liking uh, different music than what was on the radio. I've been uh, getting my kids into Weird Al lately. Dude, he's pretty fun. He's great. I mean, that he's, was, he's timeless. It is. It, 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 that was um, that was definitely my entry point. I think into music was uh, really that's cool. I mean, I, you know, I had, like, album The Chipmunks, and then, like, Bad Hair Day came out, and then just went down that rap. I remember, like, listening to, like, t- Smells Like, uh, whatever his Nirvana. Smells Like Nirvana. Yeah, and my brother was like, you don't know the original? And then he put Nirvana on for me. I was like, oh. Oh, he's making fun of stuff. <laughs> I was just kind of, like, really thought they were all, like, original songs. I like, just didn't know. And then, oh, and then, like, oh, man. But, yeah, he's great. He's fucking uh, awesome. And he's like on a, one of my favorite podcast guests. When he goes on like You Made It Weird or Nerdist or something, he's just yeah. so fun. I agree. Yeah, well, you got you to gotta leave for tour pretty soon. Yeah, I got to get my uh, – I got to get a haircut in before I go on tour. Tour, tour haircut. Uh, it, that's just funny because I, I remember like when I was talking to my cousin Sarah about like uh, touring as an adult versus when she toured in her 20s of how different that was. Oh, big time! Like I remember, she was telling like when they went, she went to Japan with uh, Karen Tucker, um, within a few, within the last five, three or four years, and they like they all brought their kids. So like they go to Japan, play a show, and then they jump on the bus and like breastfeed and like take care of their babies and small children. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, I've done, and I haven't done the breastfeeding part, but like <laughs> I, I, I've, I, my daughter actually is, uh, she's fourteen now, and she's actually an aspiring singer-songwriter, and so she's coming out on this tour with me, and uh, she's going to be kind of my uh, backup band, and she's going to perform a little bit, too. So That's awesome. I know uh, Nathan from Voice uh, That's Fire had done that, too, with I Am Here, so he had his son playing with him. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fucking great, because you've been making music for um, a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Like, you've survived one of the... Uh, most insane industries out there and and still doing it which i think is uh, commendable it, it, you know it's a it's i'm part of the kind of like last of the pre pre napster yes. generation yeah so i've got to watch that evolution or yeah and that's funny because that's probably actually how i found like get up kids at that time in my life because i'm 32 yeah. so that would be the era but no, I remember buying your records in um, not Fye. What was the store? Sam Goody was that? Like? Okay, one of those chain stores. That it's funny that you outlived the chain stores, like the uh, well, the chain stores. The chain stores were around long before we were. Yeah, so <laughs> but no we more, just got the tail. We got the, the tail, tail end of it. Yeah, well, we used to pay twenty dollars for a CD. Yeah, it's crazy. You can't give CDs away now. No, I mean, but. And I think that's part of the music industry's fault. It's just like you're charging me twenty one dollars for this CD where I can get it for illegally for free. 
Well, I mean, that's that's kind of always been my attitude about it too. Is that like the you know that that system kind of got what it deserved because it it fucked over so many bands and like you know took advantage of you know you taking if you're signing someone who's 18 to a seven record deal, you're talking about like 14, 15 years of your life that you're you know not you can't it, it's not like it's a job you can quit. You know what I mean? No, God no. It's like it's like we had, we if you want to continue making. I mean, you you could go be a coal miner, but like if you want to keep making music, then I mean, it's it's a it's a hard it's there's so many stories like that, you know. And we we're lucky we never had that problem. Who was the business guy in your band to like know like this is a bad? Co- or you guys just hired good people? Um, me and the bass player. Yeah. Uh. And now, I mean, we all are, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years, so, but uh, I, I haven't, I mean, for better or for worse, I have an inherent distrust of of people, especially people who are who are blowing smoke up my ass, you know? Probably why you're still and around. Like, when we were, when we were back in the day, when we were like talking to major labels and stuff, I was just like, yeah, thanks for the food, but I mean, your deal sucks, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> So, but I, I just kind of like, I come from, I mean, we all do. We come from the world of, of watching Fugazi, and it's just like, yeah, we don't need you to do this for us. We'd, we'd like it if you would, but, I mean, we, we put out our last record on our own, you know? And so now we're like, all right, let's find a record label to do this next one because, you know, doing a record on our own is uh, a lot more work. <laughs> so let's find someone who's, like, stoked on putting something out but that isn't like okay you're 40 here's a you know <laughs> like a major label contract it's like well i don't know i i, I have why well, i don't even know what i'm talking about i haven't heard of a major label contract in 100 years <laughs> you know 360 deals for you where you're just like yeah i'll just give you all of my money well and, and you know all of the work i had a friend who did a 360 deal and he was like no it's fine they give you an advance for each of the things huh so and I, I was like, oh, well, that makes a little bit more sense. I thought it was just like you got a regular record deal, but now all of a sudden they're taking your merch. Yeah, that's how I thought of it. But they, it's like a, you do a merchandising. I mean, I guess maybe there, there's different ways to do it, but the way he did it was he did a record deal, then a merchandising deal, then a publishing deal. And so he got an advance on all of those things, which, which sounds more reasonable. But uh, honestly, the labels that we talked to, like even my deal with – EVR right now it's not a three it's just for records you know it's like an old school and I saw that you even um you did Kickstarter for one of your solo records too how was that experience uh it was it was really positive in the response it was uh I I misjudged um a lot of the manufacturing and I misjudged how many I was gonna have to send to like Japan and Australia and England oh yeah yeah and how much I mean, besides the cost of it, but then how much, how many more man hours it was to like fill out all the customs forms and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I think it's a it's a cool if done right, it's a cool uh, way to do way to go about things, you know. Yeah, I I I mean, I'm all for. I met, I have had a guest on here. I became friends with in Providence who opened an arcade bar through Kickstarter. But nice. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And um. 
it's like a pinball arcade game bar. But like he said, it was like his full time job for like three months, just like making yeah. videos and just doing everything and just really doing it to get like the twenty grand or whatever he needed. Which I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's a lot of money. You should be working, but like you know, he has a job as well. So it was just like a second full time job for him, but it worked out really well. Well, I, I think it's I think it's cool because it's kind of like it, it's just it's a it's direct, you know, like it's direct engagement with you're not going through. Uh, like if you if you need money to make a record or whatever, you can either get that money by you know getting it from a label, or by raising it from the people that want to buy it directly. So it just it, it just it is a lot more work on on your end, you know. It's a good way to get rid of the gatekeepers. Yeah, and it's also just kind of DIY. It's uh, to me at least whenever I was like first learning about it, like. To me, it was like, this is like the last piece of DIY because I was doing every, I've done everything like, not like successfully and career wise, but like I had book shows and gone, you know, been part of that DIY punk scene, but like I was never a financier. Like I was mm-hmm. buying bands t-shirts, but I was never like, here's a hundred dollars, go make a record, which no one ever asked. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a great idea for artists. Like I understand artists need money because they have lives and bills and kids. Well, yeah, that was that was kind of the interesting thing about, and I I don't think your generation is ever really gonna see that again. But like for a long time when we were coming up, it was like making money playing punk rock was like looked down upon. It was a sin, you know. Like it's just kind of like, well, what do you want me to be? Be a grown up who sleeps on somebody's floor every day? You know, like it's just that's not sustainable. So no, then I didn't. I kind of I think about this as I've gotten older like as much as I there was a lot of inclusivity within like our scene in like um Connecticut but mm-hmm. you almost had to be like come from like a privileged background to have the chance to become in the band to go on tour and like ha- to live the lifestyle without income. Oh really? So, like, yeah, well, that makes sense. Which not bad, but I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't as inclusive as it could have been. Well, but the thing is that there's very there's varying degrees of I'm sorry, I keep getting texts. Oh, that's funny. A friend of mine just had a baby, and he sent oh, congrats. like a group text to to everybody in my band, and never, now it's just I'm getting congratulations. Oh, oh that's so great! Yeah, I'm having my uh, first kid in May. Congratulations! That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, very very excited. <laughs> it's a. Uh, Do you know what you're having? Oh uh, yeah, baby girl. Nice. Yeah. May, uh, huh? Yeah. It's coming up. What a good time! I know. Yeah. So it's uh, it was like a long process to get there because we had to do like IVF. So like when we finally got oh, wow. the good news, we're like over the moon i'm like i'm over the moon more than most people i'm not, not in an ego way but it's just like oh my god it's here this is yeah you're committed yeah yeah you get to do, you do so a lot more work yeah our generation's better at that though like i love this new generation of like dads being involved it's kind of funny like i i was sort of i was a, a young dad uh right at that kind of turning point where it'd be like me and one other dude at the park and like twenty moms, you know, like yeah. it's, and now it's like fifty fifty. It feels like. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it's great. Like I, I listen to a podcast. You've been on um, going off track quite a lot. Oh yeah, and Stephen. I've been on it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a good. And then oh yeah, yeah, I, you had Stephen on your show too, and mm-hmm. um, he always talks about like being like a punk rock dad. I'm like that's awesome. Like I used to like be like oh who cares, but now that I'm gonna have one, I'm like yeah. We can't have kids and still do it. I can can tell this is a funny story. Like 10 years ago, I was like, hey, guys, we should make, like, get-up kids, like, children's clothing. Like, we could even – 
I was like, we, we could even like make our own like line of clothes for kids because we have kids in the name. And the guys in the band are like, absolutely not. That's stupid. And now that they have kids, they're like, hey, let's make some onesies. I, I think I saw you guys actually have the Get Up Kid onesies. Yeah, we've had them for forever, but now it's like a big push. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> was literally looking at the site the other night. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to get one of those. And I'm getting like, you know, a couple size too big, obviously, because they're so small. Well, well that's the thing about making onesies is you never know what sizes to make. Yeah, my nephew came out huge. So like, yeah. I was like, uh. But, and what a good time now for like, uh, at least all like in the geek community, because it's all like Star Wars and everything I loved as a kid is popular again, like Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles and like. She's not even born, and she has a a, a Batgirl onesie, so it's like, oh, nice. we can do everything. She can wear dresses and fucking be Rey from Star Wars or BB-8 or something awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, that's crazy. So, and your daughter's touring with you. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Does that make tour more fun for you or more responsibility? I'll let you – well, probably more responsibility, but I'll let yeah. you know if it's fun after uh, next month. Yeah. She's probably one of them, like, good kids if you trust her on the road. Yeah, I mean, she's a teenage girl, and yeah. she's fairly antisocial, so it's fine. <laughs> but, um, I mean, all my kids have toured with me before, but when they were, like, young, like, yeah. I think the last time Lily toured with me, she was eight. And so, uh, yeah, it's it, you know what I think the trickiest part is going to be is, like, trying to eat well, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, a lot of whole Given the opportunity, she's just like, let's just get pizza and burgers. And it's just like, well, yeah, you can do that because you're 14. I'm- <laughs> yeah, our digestive tracts change as we get older. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, oh, if I eat this, I won't feel well. But when you're like yeah. 14, you're like, ah, Taco Bell. All right. God, I love Taco Bell. Never gets old. Never. If that was our, our very first tour. We were doing $5 a day food per diems. And you could eat it. You could eat a Taco Bell for two meals with five bucks. Yep. <laughs> I bet is it different different now? I I hope you guys are like eating better and getting your per diems. Oh yeah, I I I kind of subscribe to the I I mean, I subscribe to this kind of notion that if I'm gonna be away from my family, I want to eat well. I want to drink good beer and eat good food, and I'm gonna go to the places. If I'm gonna be traveling, I want to go to the places that I think are interesting. There's nothing more depressing to me than Someone who's on tour who only eats the pizza across the street from the club and never leaves the, the the bus. You know what I mean? So you actually seek out the local unique stuff to a place. Oh, absolutely. And I, even worse, even more so now. It's kind of interesting. So my daughter's going to, uh, she's doing virtual school. So she's taking all of her high school classes online, and they're actually giving her an independent study music credit for going on tour. Wow. And so we're trying to figure out because we need to like you know, have assignments for her to, like, turn in. So we're trying to figure out, like, places that we can go to, like, film her. Like, hey, we're at Niagara Falls. Here's Lily playing a Tegan and Sarah song, you know, or, or something like that. So, yeah, it's kind of, kind of I'm, uh, especially now, and then, like, touring with, with Dan, who I've known for forever, and he he's a family man, too. So it's just like, okay, yeah, we're, in, we're here in Atlanta. Let's go get, I don't know. I don't know what you would get in Atlanta. Actually, barbecue maybe? Coke no. factory? Yeah, that's kind of depressing, I think. <laughs> I don't know. You can do a tour of uh, FX's Atlanta. I don't know if you happen to watch that show. It's really good. I, ha- I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. I'm a big Danny, Donald, Danny Glover, <laughs> Donald Glover. Both of them. Yeah, I like them both. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, uh, no, that's that's really cool because like I um, one thing I love about living in like a small city is like there's I feel as if like I love New York, I love all those big cities, but they're great. But like I live in Providence, and like I live walking distance from an awesome coffee shop, a record, multiple, two record mm-hmm. stores on the same street, like actual vinyl shops, local florist, comic book store. Like there's like just so much culture here that you don't see everywhere anymore. Totally. I actually, I've always felt really comfortable in Providence because it's a college town, but it's but it's big. And like I love like I live in a college town, and I, I love all the culture that comes with that. I it's just one of those things where like. When you're in Providence, like you can, you can, like you can take the train to Boston or take the train to Manhattan and go and go see, you know, the bands that only play, you know, A markets or whatever, and just like, well, for me, the closest one's Chicago, and that's yeah. eight hours away. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, it's great, and I live on like, uh, I guess, like the west side of the town, the opposite of the college town, and it's just it's its own little thing. It's great. I I've walked across the entire city in like under an hour multiple times. It's, nice. It's just so great. Again, like when my cousin Sarah was up here last time they were on tour, like, it was like three years ago. I was like, oh guys, let's we we're gonna get some. They were, we we're getting lunch before the show, and I was like, oh, so every band that comes to Providence always goes to Nice Slice, the pizza place, because it's it's mm-hmm. like it's what you do. And she's like. You know, in her 40s, she's like, actually, we're really trying to go, like, veg-heavy. So I was like, oh, well, here's, like, a list of six vegan, vegetarian restaurants we can go uh-huh. to. And it was just like, oh, yeah, Torrin's different. But, yeah, we're looking for, like, kale smoothies and trying to eat well. Like, what we were talking about before, I was like, yeah, totally happens. Well, you can you can do that now. And, like, honestly, like, Yelp has changed touring so much. Because <laughs> it's just like, hey, what's around here? I was like, oh, there's a really good coffee shop. Well, that, the fact that there are really good coffee shops is one thing, but then also that like, oh, this you know seafood place is amazing, so let's go there as opposed to like having to ask somebody from the club and they're like, well, Joey's has burgers and you know. Oh yeah, and people who work at clubs, nothing against them, but sometimes it can just be that like, oh, they're just over it. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a tough line to work, you know. It's like all of the. Uh- yeah, I agree. Couldn't do it. I used to work at a Starbucks right by Lupo's, which and all the staff would come in. They're all nice dudes, but it was just so funny. Cause yeah. I'm like, oh, who's coming? Who's playing tonight? I don't know. Snoop something. Like just yeah. over it. They almost would never care. And then every once in a while, they'd be like, yeah, this band. This actually would happen consistently. Every time Streetlight Manifesto would come through, one of the crew guys would be like, I don't know. This band with horns came in last night, and they just blew my fucking mind. Streetlight something? And I was like, mm-hmm. go Streetlight. That's awesome. Nice. I always, I always, it's just so, crew people always have the best stories. And though, that's always where you get your weed from, too. So it's. True. Good guys to know. <laughs> that was always. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so like, this tour, is it, are you, do you mostly just play stuff off the solo and, uh, and New Amsterdam's, or you just, do you go all out? Um, I think on this one, I'm gonna lean pretty heavy on, I mean, at this point, I've done more, solo records and New Amsterdam's records than I have Get Up Kids records. So I'm kind of like, and the Get Up Kids are still, like, we're not terribly active this year, but, like, still an active band. So it's like, I don't play stuff that, like, I mean, I can play out of reach. Every, you know what, it's just one of those things which is like, okay, yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll see, though. It depends. Sometimes you have to read the room. You know what I mean? Like, if you... If you have people who are just like, 
who are attentive and are, are, are down, then you can kind of play whatever you want. And if you have people who are, if it's like Saturday night and people are like super rowdy, then you kind of have to, I'll tend to like play things where I'm yelling more mm-hmm. than, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can play whatever. It's just, I, I'd like to play, I, I like the new record, so I'd like to play at least a couple songs off of that. Yeah, I was listening to the song you released. Um, sorry, I wish I ripped out it in front of me, but it was really good. Thanks. <laughs> my um, and my my dad is a huge like folk music fan. So if you oh, make, it's it's a it's a very folky record. So if you make like a Venn diagram for my dad and I, um, Frank Turner is in the middle for us. So nice, like, Frank. We, I like Frank. He's a good dude. Uh, but he's just the best. Like the musician, he's one of the best musicians. I just his music is just like me and my dad and my mom just fucking love him. So every so often we will trade back like musicians, and sometimes I'm like I'm more of like more in like the punk folk kind of stuff, and he likes some mm. like. You got good well, dad, son rock right now. All right, well, good. We're bringing people together. Yeah, I, my dad. We were supposed. To, my dad and I were supposed. To, I, my cousin was like a sound guy. Was doing sound for Flog and Molly years ago, and he gave us tickets to see Flog and Molly. And Frank Turner opened up, and that's how we learned mm-hmm. about Frank Turner with my dad. I was like, all right, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's punk rock. My dad's like, he has a harmonica. You don't see those anymore. That's <laughs> so, funny. That's fucking awesome. Well, so how did uh, the your podcast come out? Because I mean, I found your podcast, in which is I think is awesome, but probably annoying because podcasting is so hard to like break through the noise. But you had Jonah Ray on, and he just posted it on his Instagram, and you had been doing it for a while. And I was a fan of you and your music, and that's how I had to find out. It's just it's so hard to get your podcast name out there. So I was like. Oh. Without even trying, you're like, oh, Instagram, which is great, but also like, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of like, uh, uh, I haven't done it in a little while because I got kind of, kind of burnt out on it. Because uh, I, I really enjoyed like talking to my friends and then like meeting people like Jonah um, and and some some chef friends and I, I think comedians are kind of fascinating because like they have the same job as me but different you know what i mean like yeah you guys are cousins yeah um but then it's cool to meet someone like jonah or like kyle canane who are like punk rock dudes who got into comedy um but honestly i got to a point with it and i don't know maybe i'll start it up again eventually but where i I felt like i was like interviewing people like i was getting like calls from like publicists and I was like interviewing people that were like treating it like an interview, like they were doing like album press, and I was just like, "This sucks." <laughs> I was just like, "I don't want to do this." I was like, "I'm not, I'm not a journalist. I just wanted to like, you know, I, I, I was listening to Mark Maron and going like, oh, I know people who have funny stories, you know.' And it's just like, I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe when like a lot of the things in my life right now, it's kind of like all the hustles that I have, the side hustles as they're called. That I have going on right now. If we if we ever get to a point where we can do like get up kids more full time again, then I would probably like scale everything back and just do the podcast because <laughs> that's really fun. Yeah, I, I agree with like I've I've had that too where people come on and like want to talk about the thing. I'm like, no, 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 like this isn't like pr- it's press, but it's not press. Like I want to know who you are as a person. Dude, I've been doing I've been doing press for 20 years, and it wasn't until I didn't start enjoying it until I started doing podcasts. And it was just like, like I did one today, or like right before you called, I did one for a radio station here in town, here in Kansas City anyway. And he was like, so I hear you've worked with the Get Up Kids. 
Oh. I was like, fuck, really? You didn't even read the Wikipedia page? Like, you can tell when people read the Wikipedia page, but... So like, he's never... He doesn't, he doesn't know who you are. You're just, like, a guy on a list. Yes. Did you do you fuck with him? Like, yeah, I've worked with the Get Up Kids. Some people would say I've even sang with them or anything. No, I I, I, I mean, I don't... It's my Midwesternness. I don't fuck with people unless they're real dicks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, or if they're just, like, if I'm... I guess that's not entirely true. If I'm in a shitty mood, then I'll stop fucking with me. But this was for, like, the local NPR station, and I was kind of stoked to, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...get, like, a legitimate, like, radio thing. Not that you're not a legitimate radio thing. No, but, like, no offense taken. You are right. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, I'll give you some slack, you know. But if, if you're talking to somebody who's, like, you know, a journalism student who, you know, drew the short straw and has to interview the guy who's coming to fucking Gainesville... Then, you know, fair game <laughs> for me to fuck with you. No, I couldn't agree more. Cause like, I mean, I, even like as a listener and as, I mean, I make pot this show, but like as a listener podcast, like I don't want to listen to like a band come on and just talk about like, that's why I liked your show a lot. Cause it was just like, oh, this is just real conversation. Like it, it's like going off track too. It's just like the, the conversations mm-hmm. in the green room and then the mics can go on and people can shut down. Like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, you know, that was the, the kind of other thing, too, is it got kind of weird because, like, talking to my friends and I just kind of was like, I'm like, am I being, like, exploitative? Like, we're just, like, having these conversations, but then I'm the only person who's going, like, oh, hang on, let me record that. You know, like, because we were having these conversations anyway. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I, I, I completely love the medium, you know what I mean? The kind of conversational podcast. I wish I could do, like, comedy ones. You know, like I wish I could do like improv, like comedy bang bang kind of stuff, but I'm just not that quick. Oh yeah, but I mean, like Kanane, like uh, he just toured with uh, the Falcon, which you know, Dan, mm-hmm. your buddy Dan's in. Uh, so I did a I did a podcast with Kanane, but the connection was so bad that I couldn't use it. Oh, uh, and that's like a get. I know, right? And he was like calling me from this like shitty hotel payphone uh, or hotel cell phone where it was like every third word was cutting out and i was like god damn it that sucks he's he's so funny i saw he just uh we have a really nice theater here in providence he played and it they have like really good independent music and like i guess you'd call like alt comic the alt comedy i don't know it was like i've seen kyle canane um a little while back tignataro played there and it was nice. like, one of the funniest experiences of my entire life it's like she's funny people. yeah she's great like, did you ever see her documentary on netflix if you ever want to cry yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to cry. Honestly, the world's making me cry so much lately. I don't know if I want to watch anything sad ever again. Yeah, that, yeah, yes, I know that feeling all too well. Um, I've taken to with my with my kids. I've taken to watching like stupid like British pub quiz shows on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's with like uh, the Mighty Boosh guys and yep. the IT crowd. You know, and just like it's just like. It's so the opposite of listening to NPR and just being. Oh yeah, I work for like a behavior health company, so I work in mental health, and so like we talk about like how do we like deal with this without. And I'm like, so we we talk a lot about self care and like life, and I'm yeah. like, all right, the only way to get through this is like I am going to become more politically active and I'm going to take action, and it has made me feel much better. Yeah, and it's well, I mean that's that's what I have to tell. Um, I mean for a long time. I guess you know, 15 years now, I've had to tell myself that no matter bad, no matter how bad everything is, uh, that I, you know, we made the decision to bring these three people into this crazy world 
So I have to give humanity the benefit of the doubt, even when proven wrong, (laughs) even when it disappoints me, you know, and like, and so the thing I've been saying lately, because like, you know, I have a a 10 year old who's like, I can't go to sleep. I can't sleep. Trump's president. You know, he's just like freaking out. And I'm like, well, you know, the good thing that's going to come out of this is that people are going to be unified. You know, they're going to they're going to stand up and fight. You know, like we're not, (laughs) you know, we're not broken. We just <laughs> not yet. And I, I will be, we'll be all right. We'll live through this. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing uh, where I, I don't want to be a catastrophist, and mm-hmm. so I've decided. That's a good word. Catas- I'm gonna write that down. Catastrophist. Yeah, it's and you see that on both sides, the right and the left, and mm-hmm. everyone, everyone does it. Uh, so I stopped reading think pieces. I only will listen. I do listen. I mean, I, I need to be involved to make my life happy. So I, mm-hmm. I only listen to journalists, and I only, I don't watch 24-hour news. Like I. I have just like X amount of times, and I'm trying to just stop reading everything piece and this and that, and 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 be happy. I've never, again. yeah, I've never been real big on uh, like opinion pieces necessarily. I mean, the occasional ones, but I'll listen. You know, I'll have NPR on in the background when I'm like making dinner or whatever. But even now, like, and I always thought they were pretty even, even-handed. But even now, it's kind of like they're. Every time they they have to say something, they just kind of you can kind of hear them snicker. It's funny, you know, a little bit. We just like cause they got into a conversation yesterday or the day before where they were like, "Well, what constitutes a lie?" Because they were like, "No one wants to be a journalist who says the president lied," you know. And they're like, "So he he didn't." They're like, "He didn't tell the truth." We said the thing about his inauguration being bigger than Obama or whatever the hell it was. It's like he he lied. Right, and they're like, but they're, but they're journalists, so they can't be like the president lied. So they're like, well, that wasn't a true statement, and like, well, what constitutes a lie? It was really like this is where we are. It's that scene in V for Vendetta where she sees the journalist blinking. She goes, she's lying. She always blinks three times when she knows she's not telling the truth. <laughs> they're like, ugh. But yeah, that, it's, that means our president is always blinking. He's just constantly, constantly yeah. blinking. He's a, uh, at least the only satisfaction we could have is that he is not happy <laughs> he, yeah he's just the, the, more, the more we the more we fuck with him the better oh it's so great uh, i just found out i just posted this today i just looked at the because someone sent me a thing about the tax day march this is the next big march that people are planning oh yeah in dc and i'm playing in dc on that day and so i'm like well fuck it let's let's do this you know like there's no way you won't be able to get your daughter some extra credit for that yeah. So Dude, that's great. I I mean, I'm hoping my friend at work, my buddy Will is just like, "Hey, well, you know, Reagan led to uh punk like to like um the Fugazi and that stuff. So maybe we'll have that again." I'm like, "But music's already really good. It doesn't need to get better." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean that I I think more like I I think that like yeah, art usually improves under, you know, bad bad, <laughs> bad circumstances. You know, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. That's that's not what, to me, it's more like, you know, uh, maybe like the people on the left and the people in the middle can be more unified now instead of fighting over fucking Bernie and Hillary the whole time. And, oh, God, yeah. The, uh, the funniest thing, this relates to music, uh, about the election is there this, I saw this on uh, Washington Bemo, where some girl protested Trump Tower with dashboard confessional lyrics. <laughs> It was, okay. <laughs> I didn't. She, I, I read the interview about it. She's like, was it "Your know. hair is everywhere." Yeah, it was literally that song. Yeah. It was just like a billboard. She's like, "I didn't know what to do," and I was like, "That's fucking perfect." 
Nice. That's, that's so great. So I actually, I do have one, I guess only one real question. Uh, I had read this on Wikipedia. So I don't know if <laughs> Let's you talk for an hour. I have one real, real question. question. Yeah, basically. Um, according to many Wikipedia sources, uh, Mark Hoppus proposed with a Get Up Kid song. Do you know if that's true? Uh, that's what he told me. Well, he told there was this thing where he uh, he asked us to play at his wedding. Oh, damn! And we didn't. I mean, uh, there's no way to say this without sounding like a snarky dick, but we didn't want to. <laughs> so we we were just kind of like, you know, we were like, you know, pass. And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, he was. I don't know. He, I guess Jimmy World played at his wedding instead. And, and I've been to, I've had a wedding. I've been to weddings, and uh, I think you guys are great, and Jimmy World are great. But that wouldn't be a good wedding band. Because you one have to covers. Oh no, no, it was more like like, and I've 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 had people say this before, which is like they just wanted us to come down and like play. I'll catch you for their like first dance. Yeah, that's like a lot of time and energy for you to like be like, all right, now what? Yeah, well, that's why those things you usually have to like. Get like well, and they're and they're awkward too. So like, whenever somebody hits me up, I'm like, okay, look, dude, like I'll come do that, but it's gonna cost like five grand, you know, because like I, I don't like doing these, and you know, that's just for me, let alone the whole band. So you got to leave your entire family for like you're talking of like I mean, it's all that travel for one song, right? So understandably, but yeah, uh, that's that's from what I understand. Somehow we're involved in his his. That's wedding or though. proposal. Who, sure. Who would ever think that Blink would be at the level they're at still? I mean, I love Blink. I'm no offense to them, but I don't mean that as an insult. It just blows my mind of like any band that played the game that well, and and now Matt's in the band. It's just like it's, it's mm-hmm. insane. It's I think it's great. I I don't really have. A, I mean, I'm I'm I don't know those guys. I mean, I know Skiba, but I'm and I'm stoked for him. But like, uh, yeah, they're, they're fine. <laughs> Well, it's not really it's not really my scene, but they're like a modern I, rock band at this point. Yeah, I mean it's they're they're a classic rock band at this point, you know. I know whoever thought I mean you it's funny though like I was looking like through stuff like but you've gotten to play with so many bands of so many levels. Um is it do your kids not even give a shit either like when you're like if you see Weezer on TV like oh daddy tore them like I don't care. Or I'm sure you probably are like yeah we tore with them but whatever. <laughs> Uh, what did Lily's? Hey, Lil. What? I'm doing an interview. Hi. What was it? The thing where you were like, what was that band that you toured with that you said were dicks? Yeah. And she's like, what was that band that you toured with? You said were dicks. Was it Weezer? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard you say that story plenty of times on your show. I was like, and it made so much sense for Weezer. I was like, yeah, I'd expect them to be dicks. Yeah. Uh, her thing is like. Occasionally, like because the music industry is pretty small, it's it's like when bands come through town, I can usually get tickets, you know, or uh, you know, like you, you know, they're they're I don't know that they're impressed. They're you know it was kind of cool. I thought so. We went to uh, Frank Iero came through town, and I've known him since the My Chem days, and he's 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 a friend, and like we took. My God, all my kids, and then some of their friends, and some of them were like, like freaking out, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Aww. and and my kids are all like, what? He's just a dude singing a song, like, yeah, he's just at work, <laughs> you know, like. Was that the tour with uh, uh Jared from the Scandals? Like the oh, I don't know. 
I don't. Uh, it was uh, it was last year. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The Jerry was on that one. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't meet any of the guys in the band. I just known Frank for forever. Yeah, that Mike Hem. That's another one that just like that took off. Mm-hmm. I was kind of a little out of music at that point, and I liked Mike Hem, but I just wasn't super into them. But I definitely liked. I liked them, but they weren't like my band at that time. Well, even even before them, like around two thousand. One two thousand two, I started like getting really into like singer songwriters and stuff, and getting really like disenfranchised with the whole like warp tour culture of the uh, of music that was going on at the time. But yeah, you so, were ahead of the you were ahead of the game. I'm just older than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you were like married with kids. Were you younger than most of your peers in the music world to be married with kids and like a house and that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I guess so. But then I'm also, like, friends with Rocky Votolato, who's been married since he was, like, real, like even younger than me, you know, like, so I didn't, and also I'm just, I've been, you know, I, my wife and I are high school sweethearts, oh, so. can that be more really, stereotypical, like, a Midwestern picture? That's so sweet. Fuck you. <laughs> no, that's sweet. And if, um, same, you've been married consistently, too, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't meet my wife until I was like 25, so that's a different path. But nice. I didn't have a high school sweetheart to marry, so that worked out. <laughs> there you go. But that, that's awesome. And and you worked on a farm at one point. I I also worked on a farm at one point. So every time you bring it up, I get so excited. Like someone else knows yeah. how shitty that is. Well, it makes you realize, like I I in Food 2000, comes from the ground. 2012, I was kind of like I was just super burnt on the the hustle of the music industry and I was like okay well what else can you do because like you know when you've been touring since you were 19 you don't really have any other skills and so I was like well I can go work on a food truck and I can go work on a farm so I went and worked on a farm on my friend's farm for six months and it was it was awesome it was it was such hard work but it was so like rewarding but it just it's not something you can like as a farm hand you can't like feed a family of five no you know um but uh, yeah I, I mean i've i was always been an avid gardener in my in my own house and you know we grow a lot of our own food but it was it was great it was i loved it i just honestly if i could just listen to podcasts all day and pick radishes i'd be a happy dude that's awesome it's hard work i remember i i was 15 it was like my first job i worked on a farm and i was like all right it was my grandfather. He was a farmer, so I like, worked on his farm. And I went to agriculture high school, and I'm like, this is hard. Oh, really? Yeah. That's an interesting thing. There's one of those here in uh, in Kansas, in Manhattan, Kansas. There's a. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I was in the FFA. State. Oh, yeah, you were FFA? Yeah, yeah, all states. Do you have the jacket? No, because I was – I never got a jacket. I don't know why. why did I, I remember it? when I was in high school, that was, like, super hipster to, like, find one of those purple jackets at, like, yeah. a thrift store. We would get – if you wore one of my – you know, you would get beat up if people saw you wearing one of those. I've only had to wear them in, like, competitions and stuff, like, when I was nice. in, like, horse judging competitions or, like, chicken poultry judging, like, weird shit that we did. <laughs> we Hey, we do that at the the Douglas County Fair. We go every year and go see the all the FFA stuff. It's great. Dude, County Fair was, like, the, the local fairs was, like, where you became, like – it was like you were a superstar because we would like work at the fairs overnight and it was it was fun i, I loved it but it, because of that though like that's how i found 
I went to a high school in a, a town over because of the FFA, and that's where I met all the people who got me into, like, punk rock. And, like, we were in, like, Wallingford, Connecticut, which, like, I guess Hatebreed is from that region. That's probably what they're most yeah. known for. So we had, like, a really good There's scene. not a lot of bands from Connecticut. Not good ones. Well, but okay. Some. Some good ones. Some great ones. Like, With Honors from Connecticut. Um, Hatebreed. I can't think of anything else at the top of my head. Never been the biggest Hatebreed fan. but No, 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 me neither. And... Yeah, a lot of the aggro stuff kind of came back big time. Oh, Spring Hill Jack, one of my favorite bands of all time. I don't know them. They were like a 90s ska band where the singer like died, and then everyone in the oh. band went on to become a much bigger band. So they weren't even like that huge, but like everyone went on to like Real Big Fish and uh, Boston oh, okay. and like Lost City Angels. Like, you know, one of those... Like Chicago has a million of those stories, like a band that like slapstick and they break up and then right. everyone goes on to something else. <laughs> and that's when then you're like, oh yeah, but you didn't know them. Then I was like, of course I didn't know them. <laughs> What's not alive? That's funny. So how long have you been doing the downright for? I feel like I was just looking at your site and like, oh man, you've been at that forever. Uh, four years. That's I guess. Awesome. So yeah. you, you've always had a good business sense of like, and that's got to be good because you could. I actually started I started doing that like right after that was kind of my revelation and after working on the farm because I was like okay what can I do like there's parts of this industry that I really really hate and you know chief among them being like leaving my family to go hang out in a dressing room with a bunch of dicks drawn on the wall and the I was like so what can I do you know cuz this is my, this is my career for better or for worse, like, what can I do to make it, you know, work? And, you know, the three things that I thought of were one was doing downright. Well, I talked about to Max from Say Anything about his song shop thing, but I was kind of scared to, like, do it on my own because I was like, if this fails, I'm going to feel like an asshat. <laughs> and so when Bob and Mark were starting downright, I was like, okay, I want in. I was like one of the first people on there. I was like, I want to I do this. And it's been, you know, a part of my my income for the last four years. So, and and right now, I just got another order as I was talking to you because it's almost Valentine's Day. And yeah. People want me to write them love songs. It, as they should. That's it's 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 such a great idea. Yeah, I used to work with a client, and they had hired uh, Max to write a song for them from Say Anything. Oh, nice. Because, like, Say Anything was, like, their band because of Max. Like, he's so open about his mental health, which is great. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. I guess Max must have, had, like, called him to make sure he got the song and, like, left oh, a nice. voicemail. And this is, like, a few years ago, and I saw the client, and then he was, like, in tears because he was just so happy. And it was one of those moments, of, like, and like, what you do with the downright that makes me, like, kind of love punk rock of, like, you know, my mom grew up loving the Beatles, but she has never spoken to or been in the same room with the Beatles outside of a concert. Right. But, like, our scene, well, like, I've gotten to talk to and meet my heroes a hundred times over, and it's it's just so sweet. And he was just like, I can't believe Max did this. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That's just what's so great about it. It's so personal. Well, it's kind of – it's interesting because it's kind of like um, the the kind of, like, modern version, like, whether it's downright or whether it's fan funding or, you know, like, stage it, like, web concerts and, and all that kind of stuff where it's it's really a lot more – or living room shows, like doing those kind of things. Like, it's a lot more like the scene that I grew up in, where it was very like, like no one did this to like be a rock star. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of like this is just what we do. This is our community, and 
and, and everything was like one on one. And if you were going to have, you know, money to pay for your Taco Bell the next day, then you needed to move some T-shirts or yeah. So you so you talk to everybody, and it, it wasn't there was no like separation between like the fan and the band. And then like as things got bigger, and again with that kind of scene that that sort of corporate like you know the scene that we came up in was very like basement show oriented VFW halls and the scene you know the next wave of that turned into more of a major label warp tour kind of corporatized sort of thing and I kind of lost interest in, in that but and even as my band I mean the, the thing is I can't sometimes it get a picture I can't go out and, I would go out and talk to everybody but I can't because I'll lose my voice yeah and There's it's like aspect of it too for the singer, right? But I'm like, I know that like I'm 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 if I'm gonna come all the way to Providence, you know, I, <laughs> I want to like hustle as much as I can. But it's like you gotta do it again I'm, the next day. Yeah. So I don't know. The it's it's I I'm I'm kind of into this sort of like one on one like relationship that you can have with with people now through social media and through downright and through. All this other stuff. Not everybody, not everybody of my generation feels that way. No, but, but I it like sets it. you apart. And then you know, people, if they listen to this or any of the shows you're on, like, if it, it, it's it's you know, listening to your like very like, in all honesty, like listening to your podcast had brought me back to your music. And then I like was listening to New Amsterdam because you know you fall out of stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I loved your guest. And then you start to develop this like one side relationship with the host. And then you oh, right. become like into it. And like the reason I bought your new record on vinyl is like, oh yeah. It's just it's that's it's 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 cool. It's it's what's great. Oh, also thank you for the terrible twos because now I'm gonna have music to listen to with my kid that isn't I'm gonna hate. <laughs> oh, good. So you were <laughs> always ahead of the curve. Yeah, when my brother has a, has ne- my nephew, uh, that's what I'd always put out when he's over because I'm like I'm not listening to Wheels on the Bus. You're gonna listen to no. good music, but at least this is for for kids. Uh, so that's brilliant. No, it's it's for it's for everybody, but it's just it's kid friendly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I don't hate it, and then they could, you know, run around and scream and do whatever the fuck little kids do. Just throw stuff <laughs> you'll, around. You'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, which I'm, I'm excited for. Uh, so, um, thank you again for for doing this. Uh, yeah, where, of course, man. Can people find you online? And I know your tour starts pretty soon. Uh, in two weeks, uh, matt-prior.com. As, or just honestly look look it up on Facebook. It's just way easier. Yeah. I, I kind of don't even really like websites anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, so useless. It's just like it just it's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's, they'll, they'll find it. And I, I think I'm gonna here's, try here's to a, here's a tip. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah you pop up quick, which is good. Yeah. I, First I, thing. There's uh I was talking to someone and they were like, Tell me about their band. Like, I'll just Google it and their band was called like dogs. I was like Oh, I couldn't find it was um, yeah, it was someone like it was actually someone for the pod. It was Kyle Clark for the podcast, and I was like, dude, I I can't find that. That's mm-hmm. a that's a terrible way to name your band. Or some other guy <laughs> I met is like, yeah, I'm in a band called Cool. Just Google it. I'm like, you're not that popular, believe it or not. You don't show up when I type in Cool into Google. So at least <laughs> at least you have some clout where you actually show up. Yeah, I think the only people that can get away with that now are brand new. Because they're big enough that you can Google brand new. And, and pop up. But imagine today they try to make that name. They're like, huh? Yeah. I remember back then it would be like brand new sin because that was like they were hot for a minute. Oh. Different music, but they would always pop up on everything. That's funny. That well, I got to get going. Yeah.
Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, man. And uh, have a good rest cool. of your day. All right. You too, man. Thanks a lot. When the day is done, the light begins to fade. I won't be afraid. The sun that shines so bright is slowly passing into shade. heard the dreadful tale of the Baudelaire orphans in a series of unfortunate events, then you know their story is to be avoided at all costs. But if you choose to delve into this yarn of terrible circumstances, treacherous situations, and despicable men who seek to steal the riches of orphans, then seek out the Unfortunate Associates podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you find podcasts. Every week, myself, Tyler, and my co-host B discuss the series of unfortunate events, books, films, and now the Netflix original series. Here's a clip of what you can expect when you tune in to Unfortunate Associates. And there's sort of this running gag saying how awful it is not to use a coaster when you put a drink down on a wooden table. Like, finding a coffee ring on a table becomes shorthand for all of us being here. I love the, like, the horrible thing he does in two is, like, blow his nose on the curtains. It's like, that's so gross, but also... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She goes into his room and discovers with horror (laughs) that he's blown his nose. That's such a hilarious detail. 